welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 410, I'm welcoming to the show, Natasha Miller. It's easy to not pray that prayer of surrender, right? Because it's kind of like that piece of not trusting, you know, God, and also just this place of like, I can figure it out all by myself. So what I am learning and what I have learned too, is that really it's not about the length of the, the prayer. It's really about getting into a posture and into a position of, okay, God, I don't know how to do this. Natasha Miller is the mom to three adorable little girls, and she is also the praying mama. Based on her own experience of having a mom who prays, she recognizes the power of prayer and its impact on the next generation, and she wants to encourage you, mom, today. If you're in a season where maybe you know you want to pray or you should pray, what does this look like in the everyday and why? Why do we do it? Why do we reach out to God in prayer? So we're going to have a great conversation. I know you are going to be encouraged after listening. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Natasha, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Heather, oh my gosh, I'm so honored and excited to be with you. Oh, well, it is my delight. I love bringing on women who are going to disciple our listeners in a specific area Women who are mothering, they're right in this season, you get the challenge, but you also yeah. are, no, you're you're living it out in a way that is relatable to the gal who is listening. And prayer, I have not done an episode on prayer in a long time, but I have a heart for all kinds of prayer, right? All, all the kinds, realizing there's no limit. I was listening though, to this morning, uh, I heard a little clip from Michael W. Smith, okay? So he was like, a Christian artist when I was growing up and he was sharing a low point he hit in his teen. Maybe he was 20. I don't know how old he is, but this was in like the late seventies and just hitting rock bottom. And he said in his testimony of how God met him there, that he knew his parents had been praying, mm. that it was the prayers of his parents. And I just thought it was so interesting in this testimony of hitting rock bottom and God redeeming that and all that he's done since that the prayers of his parents was mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have this really vital role, but I don't know for myself, I often mm-hmm. forget like it might mm-hmm. be a desperate plea as I'm laying in bed and recounting yeah. the day, but it's not like an intentional time that I might set aside. So talk to us about your heart for prayer for mom's praying. No, that is so good, Heather. Just even as you were talking, how you were sharing that you may have moments in bed where you're pleading to God or even some moms who may be listening, maybe they're driving in the car and, you know, they start praying for their child. And one thing that I've learned personally about prayer is that prayer has the ability and the power to impact not just your present, but also your future. I had a mother that prayed. Uh, fiercely for all of her children. I remember waking up in the middle of the night or right before bed and I would hear my mom in her closet and she would be praying. 
And there would even be moments where I would come in and I would sit in the room and and I would listen to her prayer. And, and I was always kind of surrounded by the presence of prayer and the power of it. Even at a young age, I didn't fully understand the impact of it. But I remember just knowing that my mom was loving us, her children, through the prayers that she was sacrificially making each day and each night. And, you know, from that, even as a child, I remember just being kind of marked by it. So after I got married and I had my own children, I began to realize that, oh my gosh, I'm a mom, right? I love these babies, but I really don't know how to lead them, right? I think, Mm -hmm. you know, the world will tell us, oh, once you have your baby, you're just going to fall in love and you're just going to be so fiercely, you know, connected to them. And for me, it was really a process of understanding what my role was. And once I began to, you know, be honest and transparent about that with the Lord and even with some of my friends, I realized that, man, I cannot do this in my own ability, that God knows my children. He knows them better than me. And if I want to know how to fix an issue, or if I want to be Holy Spirit led in this journey of parenthood, I'm going to need to communicate with him. And that's where it just really stirred in. And then also knowing that, man, I have a legacy of this in my life, right? With my mother and knowing that I'm also living in the prayers of her sacrifice. So Mm -hmm. once I began to kind of connect those pieces with having my children and realizing that, man, I have a lifetime to spend with them and I'm getting frustrated. I'm reading books. I'm talking to people, but it's not really giving me the answers that I need to really lead them in the way of the Holy Spirit, you know? So, yeah, that Holy Spirit led parenting. It's like, we all desire it, Mm -hmm. but it's, we can't see it. Right. (laughs) It's not, (laughs) it's not a book or a formula or a Mm -hmm. thing that we can follow. It is those nudges and the promptings and the allowing God to be working when we can't see. And that is like such a surrender and a release of control. And I am a self-proclaimed control freak. Like, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. And I Mm -hmm. think even, I don't know about you. I mean, this is kind of a side bar, but I think sometimes in our prayers, if we're not surrendered, we can become control freak prayers. Like we're praying God's will for him. Mm -hmm. Like we're like, hey, and make this happen. And I hope they get this on this team. And if you can bring this friend and we have laid it all out. Talk to us about how do we pray surrendered prayers? Yeah. Wow. That that is so good because I think a lot of moms can relate to that, right? Because I think sometimes we're praying out of fear. We're praying out of what we may have missed out as a child. And we're praying out of this place of regret. And, you know, what's so amazing about the Lord and just even our relationship with him, it's like what I've learned and what I'm still learning. I don't have this all figured out, but as the Lord is teaching me, I'm realizing that, man, I am his daughter, right? And my children are my children, but they ultimately belong to him. So I think it's even letting go of this persona or this identity of like, I'm the parent. I should know all of the answers. I need to direct them this and that. And whenever we're we're leading out of that place, it's easy to not pray that prayer of surrender, right? Because it's it's kind of like that piece of not trusting, you know, mm-hmm. God, and also just this place of like, I can figure it out all by myself. 
So what I am learning and what I have learned too is that really it's not about the length of the, the prayer. It's really about getting into a posture and into a position of, okay, God, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. God, here's what I want. Here is what I'm seeing. God, help me to begin to shift my perspective around this situation. Who is my child? Even beginning to ask questions about that, right? Like, why mm -hmm. are they acting in this way? Also, even going back to you know, promises, right? Maybe before you had your child, you maybe had dreams about them that they were, you know, like traveling the world or, you know, just different things like that. Beginning to speak those promises into fruition of understanding that right now my child may not be there, but my call and, and the grace that the Lord's given me as their mother is that I'm able to speak into life what is not possible. And I think just as, as leading our children, it's like you want them to be the best version of themselves, but also you have to release them unto God and knowing that God may your will be done. So I think too, there is that tension of when we say, God, let your will be done in our lives. We're also giving that same permission for that to be done in the lives of our children. And that's what I'm seeing is that it's, it's all connected. I think it's so easy in parenthood of just like, okay, it's all my children and I'm just telling them, you know, to do X, Y, and Z. But when we like relinquish that control and become vulnerable and realize that, hey, I'm being parented as well from the Holy Spirit. I'm being parented from the Lord as well. And in this process, I'm inviting my kids into it and I'm speaking into their lives what I would want to be spoken into my life. Another aspect of the legacy we're leaving that I struggle with is when it comes to plastic waste. And I'm just learning more about it. I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I think our kids are learning about it. Did you know that in a year, 100 billion plastic bags are used and then thrown away? So that plastic bag you see in the gutter or washed up on the beach, multiply that by 100 billion. But there has to be a better way, and I have found it. Uh, it starts with a better bag. Hold On is a company that was born from the idea that there has to be a better way to go about our daily chores. I know for my boys, it's somebody's job to take out the trash and kitchen bags are a necessary staple. But do they have to be 100% plastic? No. 100% no. With Hold On, their trash and kitchen bags are heavy duty. My boys have tested them out and we really do put our trash bags to the test. They're plant-based non-toxic, and 100% home compostable, which means they break down in weeks, not decades, without filling up our landfills or polluting our oceans. I have loved their Zip Seal kitchen bags that come in a sandwich or gallon bag size. I've been using them without guilt to fit all my needs, like whether I'm sending a sandwich to school or whether I need to just keep something in the fridge for a little bit longer. I have been using the Hold On bags and they are fan Fantastic. If you want to shop plant-based bags and replace single-use plastic all over your home, just visit holdonbags.com forward slash DMA or enter DMA at checkout to save 20% off your order. Sustainability has never been more simple. That's H-O-L-D-O-N bags.com slash DMA or enter DMA to receive 20% off your order. Small things can lead to lasting change if we stop and say, hold on. Thank you, Hold On, for sponsoring this episode. 
Yeah. And what I heard you saying in those prayers was less like demands of God and more a perspective question. God, how, how did you make my kids help me see what are you working out in this situation? Like asking God to give you his perspective on what's happening or praying his promises back to him, but not necessarily like, this is what I think would be good based on all the other moms and what all the other kids are doing. It's like, and what success looks like for kids typically, it's like, well, well, what if it is that train wreck with grace? God, can you show me what you're doing right now? What you're teaching my kid through this? Can you give my mom heart encouragement that this is just part of the journey? This is part of their testimony that you're working yeah. out. Like I'm sure Michael W. Smith's parents were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's not doing right. some good things. He's in some bad things. So yeah, I think all of that, like that shift in how we communicate with God. Yes, we need to pray. It's like, I'm sure a mom listening is like, I should pray. This is a good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, how? And so I love what you were sharing like that rephrasing. Mm -hmm. And then it's when, and I love that you were like saying this isn't, there isn't a length, like how long it needs to be a four hour closet prayer or, you know, your mom was, you said in the morning or I was saying it's late at night. It's like, so for you, when do you find time to pray or, (laughs) or is it the Paul route? Like, you never cease. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm like, maybe when all my kids are gone, I could do that. But No, but like, that's the goal. <laughs> like, like that we have, like you were saying that yes. posture, that posture yeah. of prayer is, it's just this ongoing conversation. Yeah. And that's what I like too. I think, cause even for me, when I was single, right. I was like spending time with God and we're like best friends. And it's like, <laughs> wow, okay, this is amazing. Yeah. And when you get married, it's like, oh man, okay, now I have to continue to sow into this with the Lord and then also manage being a wife, yeah. you know, all these different things. And to be honest, I kind of hit this wall of like, I felt like my relationship with God was not the same. I felt like disconnected. And to be honest, Heather, it was years of just kind of feeling like, okay, I'm going to church. I'm checking off the boxes, you know, God is speaking, but I really didn't feel that weight of like his glory in a way I was like we were like you know when I was single I felt like every day I was walking heavy right I'm just like thank you Jesus but then after having my kids and I would say just in the last few years I realized man I have to stop expecting my prayer life to look like what it was in past seasons and I I had to let go of the shame of like man like God knows what I'm going through right now like he understands the weight of you know, what I'm carrying and he knows my heart. So for me, once I began to just like let go of even just like social media and what people, because for me, Heather, like I could, like, I think everybody, right. It's so Mm -hmm. easy to consume so much content and buy all the books and buy all the PDFs and download (laughs) them and try to apply it. But to me, I got information overload to where it caused me to, you know, kind of feel paralyzed and not feel equipped Mm. Um, as a mother to truly like mother my kids because I had so many different voices telling me. So once I began to quiet those voices and 
began to give myself the freedom to communicate with God when I had time, right? Like there are some seasons to where like I'm coming in and I'm sitting down for 30 minutes and I'm reading my Bible and everything like that. But I found even just this morning, like my husband, he dropped the kids off at school. I was getting ready to get dressed. I just, you know, felt in my heart, man, I want to start praying. Like there's just a lot's been going on. And sometimes I'm so when, when my whole family is home, it's hard to kind of really go in, right. Or yeah. kind of share all those different things. But I felt like, you know what, Hey, I have like five, 10 minutes. Let me go ahead and just talk to the Lord there. So, so for me, it's usually in the morning after the kids have been dropped off. And then also at night, like before bed, I'll have my Bible out and I'm just sharing what's in there, you know, what is weighing me down and not trying to figure out a formula to, I think as we pray, we kind of feel like if I don't say the prayer like this, then God won't hear me. But I, I can honestly say in the last 10 years of marriage and having children that God has answered so many prayers in my life without me praying this, you know, like formula prayer. It's really, yeah. he's answered the prayers that I've whispered in the car when I didn't have the words to say, and I was crying and I was frustrated, but I was like, God, I need you, you know? So that's how my prayer life looks now. And I'm also big in, in worship as well. I think too, it's finding what kind of helps you creatively to express your love to the Lord. And for me, I love worship. So I could put a song on, there's like a 10 minute song. And as the worship's going, I'm praying, you know, or I'm repeating the words back. And then it turns into intercession. It turns into like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I was feeling rejected. I didn't know that I was feeling scared. And then I just start praying into that. Mm -hmm. I think I hear you saying like, it's making yourself available. Yeah. Because I'm guessing people have time. Right. Right. We <laughs> yeah. always say like, I'm too busy for all the things. I'm too busy mm -hmm. to read my Bible. I'm too busy. I can know for myself, I wasn't too busy to check Instagram for 30 minutes this morning, yeah. but for mm -hmm. some reason I couldn't open my Bible this morning. That's me. That's me talking about yeah. my own time management issues, but me too. It's, a, it's a swap. It's yeah. a choice. And it's, I hear when you're choosing to put on worship music, you're saying, Lord, I know intimacy with you and connection with you is worth it. And so I will prioritize that because I know for me, when I'm going down into the depths and feeling discouraged, the, the yeah. D's is what I call them, the Satan D's, you know, discouraged, mm -hmm. divided, um, defeated, all of the D's that I, it is typically a season where I am not choosing to make time for God and connect with him and whatever that looks like, if it yeah. is that in the car, like you said, or the worship song, that's a me turning towards God is always available mm -hmm. and willing to commune with us. Yeah. It's, are we willing to turn towards him and say, I have a need. Yeah. And it may, you may not quote unquote, do what I'm asking you to do God, but yeah, I have a need in my soul that only you can fill. Mm -hmm. And that might be comfort and the circumstances stay the same. That might be peace. And the chaos is still <laughs> crazy kids screaming. And, and it may be like you, I love what you were saying. Just the, the paralysis of all the information yeah. for the mom that is feeling so overwhelmed with desiring to be a good mom, but really seeing all of the information on what it, that looks like. And it's yeah. everybody's personal journeys in motherhood. And, and yes. it's like, 
God knows you, but more than that, he knows your kids more than even you do. And so when we do make that time and we turn towards him for advice or just insight on our kids, I think he shows up. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I love what you're saying as far as the, the win is, yeah. when does it work for you? And when can you make, and I say like, if your kids are all home yes. and it's cuckoo kachoo at home, <laughs> nothing like a worship yeah. song for the whole family. Okay. And like you said, you sat outside while your mom, you heard her praying. Yeah. And why do we feel like we can't pray in the presence of our kids? Mm, yeah. Like Jeez, we have to no, wait till yeah. they're gone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I that's think good. that it's an encouragement for them to see us and not in a like, you know, the guy who's out praying out loud and by yeah. the temple in the Bible, not in a like, right. look at me kids, but mm -hmm. for them to see that it's a priority, even if they're watching bluey or whatever what's the show now kids watch yeah I don't no know. bluey bluey yeah, my okay. kids love bluey. yeah even if they're watching bluey and you're over in the corner with your bible and you've got your ear pods in yeah they see oh this is a priority for my mom that's okay yeah permission yeah. granted okay moms yeah <laughs> like, yeah no that's true and it is it's necessary because they're watching you you know yeah. and I, I know for me it's like man i don't want them to be 20 years old and then you know they end up, you know, finding God, you know, after me because I wasn't a good example of that. Mm -hmm. And I think too, even as mom, we have to let go of even some of that pride, right? Of like, you know, giving our children permission to see our need uh, for the Lord. And I know for me, that's been something that I have been, you know, growing in is a realizing, man, I don't have to have a perfect face all the time. I can say, hey, I need to pray. Like right now I'm upset. This isn't working. And um, I think, you know, when they're able to see that, then they can recognize that, man, even when I'm an adult, even when, you know, things are going good or things are going bad, like I have somebody I can talk to, like mom depends on the Lord. So now I can depend on the Lord. So it really is that, again, like we were talking about previously about that generational impact of just being able to see what's possible. And I think as moms, instead of consuming so much information, it's really asking the Lord, okay, God, who should I be listening to in this season? Like, who are the women around me that have even gone further beyond me that have children that are walking with the Lord? Because for me, I'm like, you know, I'm a young mom, but, and I like having moms around me who, you know, who are my community, but also I'm like, I need somebody who's up there and their marriage is intact. Their kids are loving the Lord. So I think it's being able to have examples like that too, so that it can encourage you to keep going on and to keep praying and keep believing. Yeah, big fan mm -hmm. of that. Big fan <laughs> of the mentors. I was at a friend's house last week and she showed me the two books she'd had made from giving her parents and her in-laws the gift of StoryWorth. And with Father's Day coming up, I wish I had known about StoryWorth or I had given this to my dad because he would have Loved it. Basically, it's an online service that helps you preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. Because every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a thought-provoking question of your choice that uh, there's tons of options, lots and lots of questions. Like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? What was your first job? Things that you may not think to ask. 
And after a year, StoryWorth will compile your loved one's stories, including photos, if your in-laws or parents or grandfather uh, is into including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. She and I were flipping through, and it was just really interesting, even the difference between one parent to another and how lengthy a response would be, how detailed. It may be a great match for someone you love, and it's going to be amazing. The journey to writing it is a gift in itself. I love reading the weekly stories that my mom would put in over the course of the year. So give all the dads in your life a unique, meaningful gift you will cherish for years. Story worth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash DMA. That's S-T-O-R-Y. W-O-R-T-H dot com slash D-M-A to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash D-M-A. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know if it's because I have four boys and I'm in teenage years. I don't know what it is, but I absolutely love when it's time to go to bed. I get excited about going to bed and even more so now that I have a blissy silk pillowcase. Do y'all know the magic of silk pillowcases? I was talking with a group of friends. We were trying to brainstorm gifts, you know, with Mother's Day and graduations and Father's Day and all the things. And it's hard when you don't know what people have and you're like trying to think of a good gift. And I said, y'all, one of my favorite things is a silk pillowcase. And with Blissey, it's 100% mulberry silk, which makes it washable, durable. It is hyperallergenic and... I didn't know this before I had a silk pillowcase. Maybe you do. I'm sure the Gen Z people know this, but it helps your hair and your skin. It's actually anti-aging to sleep on a silk pillowcase because it reduces the frizzes and the tangles and prevents breakage on your hair. It also keeps the moisture in your hair and keeps your skincare products and the natural moisture on your skin because cotton will absorb it off your face. So Say goodbye to the wrinkles and the dry, flaky red skin in the morning, and you'll have healthier, shinier hair. It won't take you forever to fix. I mean, I'm saving you time here. I also love the cooling aspect of silk. It's probably one of my favorite things. Instead of having to flip my pillowcase over all the time, I find that it now just stays nice and cool all night. Even if I'm having a hot flash in my body, my pillow is nice and cool. And I love it so much. Like I've already said, I'm not even joking that I took it on a trip with me to Nashville. I knew it would help me get a good night's sleep. And it had a little travel bag that I could put it in. And I have a little sleep mask I could take as well that's also made out of the same great 100% mulberry silk. Everybody loves them. And there are tons of different prints and colors. Blissey makes great gifts because there is an option for literally Anyone. Men love them too. They have over 1 million raving fans and you could be next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com slash DMA and get an additional 30% off y'all. Whatever sale they're having, you're getting an additional 30% off of that. That's blissy, B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash DMA. Use the code DMA to get an additional 30% off. Your skin and your hair will thank you. So we also were talking before we got on about, yes, it's for our own comfort and peace. And yes, we want to live a legacy, but there is something supernatural happening. And as women, 
we get this amazing role. You even heard, you know, on a little a sermon you were listening to. Talk to us yeah. about that so we can have yeah. that. We know we should, but like, let's do a little boost of like, this is real. This isn't just voodoo. This is like real stuff. Okay. This we're talking real about stuff. Yes. It's in the Bible. So I was listening to a message by the amazing, her name is Krista Smith. And, and she was teaching on mother's day and she, and she brought up the story about the Shunammite woman and, mm, um, yeah. and how she literally was a woman who had influence. She had wealth, all those different things, but she made space for the presence of God. And she made space by opening up a place in her home for the prophet Elijah to come in whenever he was going through the town to come in and, you know, to rest. So even just her and her hospitality, her generosity, her knowing that, okay, having this man, him staying in this home, he's not bringing me gifts, but he is, he's bringing the presence of God. And that this really is, this is before, me. yeah, this is before yes. the Holy Spirit. So we got to realize right. prophets <laughs> were kind of like the closest thing you could get, unless you were in yes. the temple. This was a big deal. Yes. This yes. was a recognition of God's presence is mm. on this man. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and, and what she really shared that was powerful was that because of her willingness and her openness to hosting the presence of God, it literally shifted the story of her family. So, you know, with the prophet of God being in the home, he ended up prophesying to her that she would have a son. And when he prophesied that to her, she even told him like, Hey, you know, please don't lie to me. Like, this is something that is really near and dear to my heart. But he prophesied that she would be pregnant that same time that year. And so she ended up having a child. And when she had the child, you know, years had passed and the son was doing well, but then the son ended up, you know, dying. And she put the son inside of her home, right? And so, so Krista did an amazing job teaching. I mean, I'm kind of going, you know, no, you're doing place, great, but it was powerful because she just so beautifully communicated that that the Shunammite woman, she put her son in that room and closed the door. She didn't go talk to anybody. She didn't go ask anybody any questions. She went back to the place where he prophesied to her, right? And was basically like, okay, God, this is the promise that you've given me that I would have a son, that he would live. And then um, she ended up going to where, the, to where the prophet Elijah was and his assistant, I think his name was Gehazite, um, you know, was there and she went on her knees and was trying to touch Elijah, but he ended up stopping her. And she ended up saying um, something to the place of like, stop something, I'm kind of paraphrasing it. And with the message, she was sharing that the Shunammite woman, she was so determined to go to the source who had given her that word. And just like Heather had shared that the prophet before the Holy Spirit came, I mean, they literally represented you know, God, yeah. right? They yeah. were the ones that were touching and the I'm Lord not saying, and hearing from him. So just, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit didn't exist prior. I was yeah, realizing, yeah. like, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Before right. we were indwelt as believers, okay? Yes. This was, yes. The Holy Spirit existed. I'm not saying that. Yes, but the, the prophets were important. No, she was going to the source. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. She, she was determined to go there and she ended up talking to Elisha and asked him, hey, I like, I need you to come back you know, to my home. So he ended up following her back, closed the door and was praying. And so the little boy, his body began to get warm, but then he kept praying and was like, okay, God, what do you want to do? 
So he literally laid on top of the young boy, right? The look and the boy, he sneezed in the amount of seven times. So just what really stood out to me in her teaching was just the power of changing your posture. Like literally when she said the little boy was laying there and, and the Elijah prophet literally laid on top of him, it was like mouth to mouth and face to face, right? It was this resuscitation of life. It was this transfer of life. And it just really encouraged me as a mother of knowing that her willingness to be hospitable, to let this man of God come in, literally changed her life. And then because of her faith in God and in that promise, it literally changed her son's life, right? Mm -hmm. To where she was like, hey, I'm not going to give up on this. This is the promise that God has for me. If we as mothers would would become that tenacious in our prayers, you know, when it comes to our homes, to our families, to our marriages, to our communities, it's like understanding that we are a source of life to those that are around us. It's really understanding our identity as women, our identity as mothers. And it's so easy to you know, just qualify ourselves, you know, based on what we have done, but it's knowing that we're carrying the promises of God in our bellies, right? In our hearts and God will and is going to equip us to be able to bring this into the earth. So I just, even for me personally, it stirred me because it connected with just my heart of just like, God, what have I let go? What have I allowed to die in my lap, right? I haven't tried to bring it back to life out of fear and just accepting this is how life will always be. Mm. No, it's a decision. It's a decision. And if we would be brave enough to partner with the Lord, like you were saying, even though we are partnering with the Lord and, and we have that faith in our hearts, life is still going to be life and right. Things are still going to happen. But I think that's the beauty of relationship with him is that, that we're anchored so that the storm doesn't overtake us. So my prayer is just as moms that we would be anchored in the Lord and that we would be so in partnership with him and in communion with him that when the storms come, we're not moved. We may get kind of shooken around a little bit, but we're staying on the mission of the call of this. Yeah, because it's going to impact more than you could ever imagine. Like we're still talking about the Shunammite woman, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so what do you want your legacy to be for your family? For your family, yeah. And they're listening. Your kids are listening. Yes. They are watching. You hit a moment. Let me just tell you, Natasha, mm -hmm. when they get to be preteen and teens, you hit a moment. Yeah. You're like, did it matter at all? Yeah. And I just, I got an email this morning. It was um, my son forwarded something he wrote for a Bible class where it was him imagining what people would say about him at a 70th birthday toast. Oh. And hit, what he wrote was what his wife would be saying about him. And what was in it was, I just was reading and I'm like, I have said these words. I've said these words, I've said these words. And it's like, they were sticking. It was this moment of like, oh my gosh, it's sticking. I didn't know it was sticking. I thought it was bouncing off. I didn't know any of it mattered. And so it was an encouragement to my heart. And I just, to the mom who's in that season, it's not wasted. If if you are reading God's word, if you are praying God's word, if you are praying on behalf of your kids, if you are seeking life in a dead situation, it's not wasted. And to just hold on and be like you, you had told me, you're like, I just want moms to be diligent and hold yeah. out hope. I mean, we have a living hope and that's really all we have as far as yeah. any parenting model. 
is that we have God who is the redeemer and the restorer. And so, yeah, he's the one who brings life to really hard situations. And so I think that that example you gave was amazing. And um, I didn't know if you'd be willing, do you have any more thoughts on prayer first? Like anything that you like, when you talk to moms about praying, you're like this, you need to remember this, that we haven't covered already. Yeah. I would just reiterate that. Like my, even as we're talking, like I just envisioning mothers being empowered to run their race Mm. and to be so consumed with what's happening in their world of knowing that like we have the ability to build a wonderful place for generations to come and eat from. Right. I think, Mm -hmm. I think in in the world today, right. We're always looking at other people's and what they're building. And yeah, I I do the same thing, right. Where I'm looking and I'm like, that looks amazing, but we don't know the cost of that. And for me, it's like, man, I want my, my grandchildren and my great grandchildren, you know, to look at me and my husband, Jamal and know that man, like they were, you know, the couple in, in our bloodline that made the decision to stand for righteousness, to stand for prayer and that they were able to reap the benefit of that. So mama, just be encouraged. Like maybe this is new for you. And you're like, man, I don't know how to start. Start by just simply saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I invite you into my space. Lord, I invite you into my day and watch him just miraculously, you know, shift things on your behalf. Yep. They can do it right now. They can do it right this second. (laughs) You can do it on the hour, every hour, if you want, set a little timer. You could set a prayer timer if you are someone who needs those prompts to get a new habit. But I didn't know, Natasha, would you be willing to pray for us? Sure. Right now, pray for these moms and parents. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, Father God, for Heather, Lord. I thank you for the Don't Mom Alone community, Lord. I thank you for every mama that's listening right now, Father. I just thank you, Lord, that even in this moment, Lord, that they would be reminded of your faithfulness in their life, that they would be reminded of your love for them and your commitment that to not just only them, but but your commitment to their family. I thank you, Lord, that if there's a mother that's feeling dry in her prayer life or a mother who's feeling lost or feeling stuck, I ask Holy Spirit that you would come in and that you would begin to revitalize them, that you would begin to breathe life back into them. I thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that even in the midst of their prayer time, Father God, that they would begin to experience you in fresh and new ways. May their eyes be open to the new thing that you're wanting to do in their life. May you give them a fresh perspective when it comes to prayer, when it comes to their children, when it comes to managing their homes. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for just an anointing of hope, God. Hope, God. So Lord, we thank you for every mother and we honor them and we honor them in the sacrifices, Lord, that they have made in this season of motherhood, Lord. May they be reminded that you are with them, that you're for them, and that they're not alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, come on. Okay. I felt it. Holy Spirit, thank you so much. We will link to all the places. You're the praying mama, right? Yeah. Get it. Yes, ma'am. Hey, yes. trademark. Come on. <laughs> um, and you have your own website and yes. we'll link to all those things. Thank so you. honored to have you on and to just give us a little word that, that we are not alone. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me, Heather. Honored, honored to have you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Natasha. Okay. Y'all 
Let's see. What's your plan for prayer? We put some links in the show notes due to other episodes we've done on prayer. If you are motivated to learn more, one that I wanted to highlight was with Jody Burnt, where she talks about praying scripture for your children. She came on the show before, but she also has a great resource, which is a journal that prompts you. And you could even have a different journal for each kid. But I put a link to that in the show notes. I wanted to let you know next week we're going to do like a little summer mashup episode with some fun news about our summer of mentorship. Yes, we're doing it again this year. We're doing something again, a little different because I need to keep it fresh to keep me excited, y'all. And I am so excited about our summer of mentorship series. It's going to be great. New episodes, great conversation starters, and I will see you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.